Hey, it's Brian. Are you feeling sidelined right now? Get back in the game with a graduate degree in sport and performance psychology from University of Western States. Mental performance coaches are needed and in demand in this ever-changing and competitive world. University of Western States online master's and doctoral degrees in sport and performance psychology teach you the skills you need to help athletes perform at their best on and off the field. Visit uws.edu slash take the lead to learn more. One more time, uws.edu slash take the lead. All right, let's start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition, liftoff. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning for WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. I saw someone post today, quite longingly, that they miss sports. I know it's a feeling we all empathize with, but it was the manner they shared it. It just seemed so raw and honest. Not like a complaint, rather just like a plea. Like it had a deep sigh in the middle. I miss sports. We all feel that way. But I can only imagine what it's like for college athletes right now who would be in the midst of their spring seasons. Athletes are super regular, like they're used to routines. Almost all of that I've ever interviewed or gotten to know over my career have their days organized to the extreme. You know, wake up, train, study, practice, gym, practice, class, train, bed, schedule down to the minute. Everything is to a T, preparing their mind and body to be ready for competition. Now take that away. It's emptiness. It's a feeling of despair, confusion. I know many athletes, when they finish their career, they lose a piece of their identity. They've always been a competitor, an athlete. That's their brand. That's how they know themselves, and that's how everybody else knows them. And they struggle to re-identify themselves with the world and within themselves. They don't really know who they are. Now imagine our current world having that taken from you unexpectedly. There was no soft landing you can see coming in the future. Just one day, poof, it's gone. The Hofstra men's basketball team hasn't made the NCAA tourney since 2001. They've only made it four times total, losing all four times. This year, they qualify. They are pumped, fired up. This is a culmination of all their hard work, all their dreams. And it's over. Never happened. Just a asterisk on the Wikipedia page somewhere. Baseball players, golfers, track and field stars, it all just ended. Their routine was broken, sure, but also the chance to make incredible, lasting memories, gone. Their identity is in flux right now. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted to have on today's guest, Avery Dovsek, Hofstra women's golfer on the show this week. Through the despair of her season being canceled, she's still making the absolute best out of things and keeping a positive attitude. And before this world turned upside down, she was already a model for how student athletes can manage their time and still gain career focused experience. Here she is, the next big star in sports broadcasting. If you ask me, you heard it here first, Avery Dovsek. Hi, Avery. How are you doing today? 
I'm great. How are you? I am good. I'm so glad that we were able to jump on this call and have this conversation. Uh, I try to bring a lot of different people into the podcast with different perspectives at different points of their career. And I think it's really interesting to talk to somebody in, in your phase of your career. So thanks for coming on. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm happy to share a little bit about my story and uh, get chatting with you. Yeah, so there's a lot I want to talk about in regards to your career development and how you chose, you know, the direction you want to head and all of those things. You've had some really cool internships in sports broadcasting. We want to get into all of that. But I really want to start out with the student athlete side of you, which I think is an important part of the story, uh, especially in this crazy time that we're living in. You're, you're, you compete on the golf team at Hofstra, which is a Division One program. Uh, what's it like right now being a student and an athlete in kind of this, I mean, not kind of, this very unique time? Yeah, so it's, it's different. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it because I, uh, we have a pretty lengthy winter break. So I got back to school and I was really pumped because I spent my break practicing down where I'm originally from in California. So I had some good weather. Um, I wasn't in New York where I was battling the winter. I was able to practice every day. I got, you know, I really touched upon my skills. And so I was really excited to head into spring season. So we had a tournament and I believe three weeks of being back. So I was excited. Um, We jumped on a plane at three in the morning got there at six in the morning in South Carolina, Kiwa Island and played a practice round absolutely exhausted. And first day out, I didn't play well because I think I was catching up on sleep. And the next two days after that, I actually was playing pretty well. And I was really excited for the season to be coming up because I was like, finally, like I had some time to dial in my game. I felt comfortable. Um, I just was really excited. So but a week before spring break, um, I remember I was sitting in the library and I heard these guys in the corner talking about, wait, no class next week. And I said, okay, that's funny. I have a test at 8 a.m. tomorrow, so I can't <laughs> even focus on that. I was freaking out. Um, and then I got a text from the school and it says school's canceled next week. Um, and my initial thought was, wow, two weeks of spring break. How generous. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really think much of it. I didn't know to the extent this would all be happening. So I was supposed to go to Spain and Italy for spring break. And I was super excited for that just on vacation. And I stuck around that first week. I played with my team for those of us whose parents didn't want them home. So three of us only stayed. And then when schools were announced that they were closed for the whole semester, I hopped on a plane and got here March 17th because I did not want to put myself in the epicenter of this whole um, virus. But yeah, it's a strange time. You know, it's a, a combination of feeling disappointed and also a sense of uncertainty is almost exciting, though, because you really just don't know what's going to happen. And I'm thankful to be back in California where the courses are open again and I'm able to practice. And I'm now taking this as a time of like, OK, I can work on myself. I can work on my mental health, my physical health. And I could really dial in my golf game. So I'm going to start working with a different coach down here. And I'm, I don't know, I'm excited for the fall and I hope there is a fall season. But at first it was definitely a little bit of disappointment for sure. 
Yeah, it seems like every athlete that I've interviewed over my career has a very like a routine about them. You know, they know different parts of the year when they're they're training, they're practicing, they're getting their mind ready, they're getting their body ready, then they're performing and they're in season and they just kind of get used to this rhythm. I would imagine just the act of being thrown off course a bit is a little bit off putting. Like, how do you maintain your edge? And I know you're back in California, you can play again, but it's a little different when you're not competing. Right. I mean, how do you maintain your edge? Affirmations. Uh, I am a big on affirmations and I didn't always used to be, I thought they were kind of silly and I really didn't think they worked, but I literally say to myself, you are the best golfer in the world, you know, or you are strong. Like you are, um, persistent, you are competitive, like saying those things out loud so that your subconscious mind believes it is honestly such a key part of this. Like I, before this spring season, you know, my putting wasn't strong. So before every putt, I would say out loud, quietly, of course, so the people I'm playing with didn't <laughs> get scared. But I would say, like, I'm the best putter in the world. Even if I don't believe that, maybe my subconscious mind will. And, um, you know, I started making more putts that way. So no I way. definitely think affirmations awesome. are a huge way to keep your competitive edge and keep your spirits up. And you know, convincing yourself to believe something, even if you don't 110% believe it, is just a big help. I am the most handsome podcast host in the world. I'm going to say that over and over <laughs> again in my head. <laughs> I think I'm going with this. I like this affirmation thing. Uh, so yeah. that's impressive. Okay, so I've always had people that have quotes and things that they... I, I like the affirmation side of it better because personally, I've had people on the show before who've said their lines, you know, like there's no traffic on the extra mile and no offense to them. I think that's kind of fine for them, but those sort of things, just like the cheese made, meter goes up for me and I'm just not convinced by that. But I, I get the, the affirmation, like telling yourself to be confident in the moment. I can see how that could be impactful. Yeah. And I mean, I do have a line I go by and that's the harder you work, the less uh, lucky you have to be. I, I truly believe that. And I think that goes not only in sports or your career, but in everyday life and how you treat people. I, I really believe that. And it's kind of cheesy, but it's something I live by and it's helped me thus far. It's funny. I like those. They're all smart. And when people say them, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. But like there was just, (laughs) there was just a, uh, an email chain that went around through the sports industry and the sports industry is a small world, right? So I got this from like five different people and it was like, just write down your favorite saying and then share that with 10 different people, you know, in the industry. And and I got like 15 or 10 or 15 of these in my inbox at once. And I was like, I, I don't know any. I don't have any sayings to give anybody, and yet I should. So it, I, maybe I have to write yours down and use that from here on. Yeah, I think Arnold Palmer said it. Um, we'll give him so, credit, though. Yeah, we'll give yeah him we, should, we should give a little credit to him. Yeah, exactly. So a big part of playing sports is the community that comes from being part of a team. I know that you're back on the West Coast now, um, and your team is spread probably out across the, the nation or wherever they're from. How do you maintain that bond with your teammates and keep that strong? Because that's an important part of sports. Ah, well, I love that. Um, we are incredibly close. There are seven of us, including myself, and somebody called us the United Nations because <laughs> we are from all over the place. We got me from California. We actually have another girl from um, California, a little further from me. Uh, we have someone in New York. We have someone from Canada. We have someone from Columbia, the country, and wow. we have someone from Tennessee. So we're very 
Oh, and Pennsylvania. Sorry, can't forget that. But um, we're very close. And I think a lot of teams, especially bigger teams, struggle with the click and how you have different groups who go out together, different groups that study. And it's, no, we have one text that goes out to our entire team group chat and said, who wants to hang out tonight? Who wants to study? Who wants to go practice this time? There is no, we're all best friends. And I think that sounds so cheesy once again. But <laughs> it's so rare to find that and I think we've done that so every Tuesday we hop on a zoom call all of us including the coach and when we're not on that zoom call we're constantly snapchatting we're constantly messaging each other we're constantly facetiming or sending each other things on different social media outlets it's we're close and it almost feels like we haven't left but um I'm a big believer and the distance makes the heart grow fonder or at least I hope it does in this case but So I'm excited to get back with everyone. That's cool. I get questions all the time from student athletes. And I think one of the most common questions I get is I'm training, I'm, I'm getting in the season, I'm competing, I'm all over the place. I don't have time to do internships. How am I possibly going to get myself in, in, in line for a career? And I, am, I totally get that. And we always talk about you know the other things that come from being an, a, a student athlete. But I look at you and I look at your background and I look at some of the internships you've done and I say, well, it can be done then. So what's been your secret to finding the time and making it a priority to do internships that can push you forward in your career, not just your, your sport? Um, that's hard. I think I'm a little bit of a different breed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, as well as all these internships and jobs I do during the school year, I actually work at a fitness studio 25 to 30 hours a week on top of being a student athlete and all this. And honestly, you just have to make sacrifices. And so I start work at the fitness studio at 4:30 in the morning sometimes. And I have worked six hours by 10:30 in the morning. So from there I go to class and I go, you know, get that done. And then after we normally have practice and then we have lift. Now, if we don't have lifts, I make it a non-negotiable. I am in the gym training six days a week when it's open, of course. Um, but so if that means getting there at 11:30 PM at night, I will be there at 11:30 PM that night. Um, internships, you know, you have to fit them in the nooks and crannies. You have to find something that you truly love and you truly stand behind or else you will convince yourself that you do not have time for it. Um, and I think that's been a key part. And you know, my map of what I've done is, I love everything I do right now. Um, being at SiriusXM, I'm surrounded by such a supportive group of people. And at CBS Sports, working in the um, the rooms with all these executives and seeing how fast everything goes, I love it. It's um, it's something that I convince myself, okay, you do have time for this because you need to make time for this. And it's now I'm getting to the point where I'm loving my career in this broadcast journalism world so much that it's crossing paths with my golf. And now it's like, okay, now what should I put more time into, you know? Yeah. When you say you're a different breed, does that mean that you're insane? Because getting up at 430 in the morning to work and then go to school and then go back to the gym and then go study and do all the other things that come into being a student. Like, um, yeah, that sounds insane. Um, a little bit. I mean, I still have fun, obviously, and hang out with my team. But do you sleep uh, ever? Do you eat? <laughs> yeah, I I do. <laughs> you, you find know, the time. Um, 
books on tape like if I have to read for class I'll have like books playing in the car while I'm driving like just to cut down time or if I'm in train rides to the city I'll fit in my homework um I don't know my team like really doesn't know how I do it they're like how do you have any free time like I'm drowning and yeah there's a lot of late nights and there's a lot of early mornings but I'd rather spend it doing something that's going to benefit my career than spending it like some other college students just partying and coming out of college with no plan. See, now I'll be the cheesy one and say that obviously when you find something you really enjoy doing, it doesn't feel like work. Like you obviously are very motivated by these different opportunities that you have. You like them all. So you're driven to be a part of them. And that's that's a really important part of all this. Yeah, it's exciting. And constantly I'm in search of like, okay, what's next? What's next? Yeah. What can I do? What can I, um, where can I put myself that'll better my future? You know, I constantly am asking myself those questions and I love it. I, I am so young and my dad's like always says, and my mom always says like how they're so jealous of what I like my age just because I have so much life and like dream in me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I love it. That's great. So let's talk about those internships. Uh, you've leaned into who you are, which I think is really smart. Your your edge in the marketplace is that you have a greater knowledge and experience of golf. So you want to get into broadcast journalism and getting an internship last summer at the Golf Channel obviously made a lot of sense. These roles are highly competitive. A lot of people apply for them. What was that hiring process like for you? And why do you think they selected you for the role? That's a funny story. So Oh, good. I like funny I stories. Was, <laughs> I was in a weird place mentally. Like, I wasn't playing that well that season just because of the winter. It was my first winter. I'm from the West Coast. I'm not used to that white stuff you call snow. <laughs> um, so getting on the East Coast and practicing in an indoor simulator and these yeah. fake greens or putting on carpet in the athletic building, it was weird. Yeah. And I did not benefit from it yet. So that was a learning curve. Um, I told myself like, you know, I just need to practice my resume and, you know, I need to start working on a cover letter because I was just a freshman. I no freshmen really get internships or even have the desire to get one. Um, so I, you know, I was perusing these websites and I was looking at the golf channel cause that was obviously a big dream of mine to always be on. And I saw that they had an internship in the summer they're located in Orlando, Florida. So I really like never thought that I would actually get it just because it said you had to be at least a sophomore. Uh, you had to have completed a number of credits and I didn't check any of these boxes. Um, to be quite honest, I was a freshman. I didn't even finish my second semester of school. Like what business do I have applying for this? So I applied and <laughs> I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anyone. I applied and then I got an email back a couple days later saying, you know what, like, we're really interested in you. Can you do this virtual interview? And I thought, what the heck is a virtual interview? Because I wanted a conversation with someone, someone where I could, you know, bounce my ideas back and forth. So when they said, prop up your phone and record yourself to these pretty uh, typical questions, I was a little bit disappointed and didn't really know if that's something they sent to everyone just to make them feel good. I really had no clue. So I did the interview and sent it right away. And a couple days later, they got back to me and said, we really liked your virtual interview. Um, how about a phone interview? And I was like, yes, that's more like it. Yeah. So then I kept getting some more phone interviews. And sooner or later, um, 
one of the executives told me, you got it. So that meant moving to Orlando. It also meant telling my parents that I'm moving to Orlando, <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very independent. So I was like, Hey, by the way, I got an internship at the golf channel. I'm moving to Florida and they were super excited and didn't really question it. So moved down there. My shift started at three o'clock in the morning every day because oh, yeah. I worked on the morning drive show and yep. it's live. So we have to do a lot of cutting and editing before the show. So that was a big sleep schedule change, but I honestly really liked it because then I would get out of work super early and then I would have time to practice golf or go to the gym and then of course nap. Um, <laughs> but it was awesome. It was a great experience. I learned more in my first week there than I did that entire school year um, just because of that hands-on experience. And the talent was great to work with. They were so genuine. Everyone was more than willing to give me a helping hand and you know, guide me in the right direction. So it was an awesome experience. Yeah, I had years that I worked from four in the morning until noon, or I worked from six at night until two in the morning, or my off days were like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I mean, it's just a, it's a very different world in the sports media, as you know now, and as you will continue to know. I mean, sports happen at odd times, and shows happen in the mornings, and whatever it may be. So, I mean, if a show it starts airing at eight o'clock in the morning, that means you're working on it at four o'clock in the morning. So what did your role yeah, actually exactly. Yeah, what did your role actually consist of with Golf Channel? So I helped cut and um, edit stuff for the shows and then at the end of the internship they let me do a reel. Um, so that's kind of how all this other stuff started unfolding. Actually, rewind. So before Golf Channel, I got to work for CBS Sports Network at the PGA Championship. Um, as a just doing some stuff in operations, nothing crazy, but it was such an exciting experience because that was like my first job. Like it was pretty well paid and um, it was an awesome experience. So that when I got to Golf Channel, I kind of knew a little bit how it all worked on the production side because of that. So then when I did my reels, um, I posted them on various platforms and then they got some recognition and then a news outlet in New York called Newsday wrote an article about me and my experience to which then the guys at PGA wow. Tour Radio on Sirius XM saw and they said, you know, we really want you to come on our show, which was a great experience. And then I kept the, the line of communication open with them and that led me to um, interning kind of with them on their show on course. See, that gets back to your earlier saying that you live by, too, is that the more, what was it, the more you prepare, the less you have to rely on luck? Is that kind of what you were saying? The harder you work, the less lucky you have to be, yeah. Yeah, so by working hard and getting your opportunity at Golf Channel, it led to other things and, and, and building yourself out. So that's, I mean, your, your cliche actually fit in perfectly. Yeah, I tell you, I believe it. I'm a firm believer in it. I, I might be, yeah, I might be on board with that. I might be following your foottails there. Um, so... <laughs> You seem like a pretty naturally outgoing person. Did you take advantage of the people you were getting to know at Golf Channel? Not Take advantage is probably the wrong word. Did you network? Did you kind of build relationships with people? Did you have an attitude towards building connections while you were there as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not the best at names, which isn't my, <laughs> not one of my best qualities, but <laughs> I'm really good at remembering faces and it sounds stupid, but what someone's wearing like I can associate like their style with you know who they are if I can't remember their names and then that'll help me remember their name so I had to like teach myself some tools at first because you walk into this office and you meet everyone like in one day 
And I was like, ah, I'm not going to remember all these names. Like, I, you know, a couple stuck in my head, but meeting 30 people in one day, you're like, I can't remember everyone. That's right. just not possible in one interaction. So I got really close with a lot of people, of course, added everyone on LinkedIn and stayed connected. I'll send emails or happy holiday type stuff um, just to keep that line of communication open. I mean, I really developed a great relationship with the people there. We would golf sometimes after work and it was really friendly. It wasn't just all business, you know, so it was pretty easy to keep a relationship like that. So have these internships given you clarity in your direction and what you want to do more? Because I think that's one of the great benefits of interning is not only gaining experience and getting to meet people and see how the world works, but also it can sometimes give you some career clarity and understanding better what the options are out there. So as you've gone through this process, what have you kind of figured out about yourself? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So before going to Golf Channel, I think I was majoring in like television business and video. Um, So I was a bachelor of science. Now, after doing the on-camera work and working with the talent, and I've always loved to perform. Like I used to do talent shows when I was a little girl and theater and stuff. And everyone was kind of saying like, you should put your major to journalism. So that's what I ended up doing. So now I'm a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism, and I think I'm concentrating in sports media. But that definitely provided some clarification. And plus, working at CBS Sports after all of this in the city and seeing the NFL packages and stuff like that, I knew I definitely wanted to be in sports. I loved how, one, it's not as depressing as real news. (laughs) That's for sure. Two, like, I'm so passionate about golf, and I love playing golf why not combine my passions and do something I really love? So it was definitely a way to get clarity on what direction I wanted to go. So you, during this break, have started and launched your own podcast, which I think is great in a lot of different ways. For one, I mean, it's so easy to sit back and be like, all right, well, nobody's doing anything and I can't do anything, so I'm not going to do anything. But it's also taking advantage of the opportunity and launching yourself into a new project. And if you want to get on the media side of things, why not take advantage of doing videos on YouTube and doing podcasts and doing all these different types of things? So tell us about your podcast, but then also what that has been like for you to kind of start this up from scratch. Yeah, so the podcast idea was an idea I've had for the past two years. Um, I love the idea of it. It's called Why You Suck at Golf. (laughs) And I wanted to be honest with people. I wanted to have control of what I say and what direction I want to go. And what better way to do that than create something of your own? So I, the first episode I did by myself, and I don't ever have any notes in front of me when I do this because that was a great way of practicing like how to bounce um, conversation off one another if you're not having one specific direction it keeps you on your toes so it's great practice for me and every episode I do I get better so I have different guests on PGA Tour pros, people journalists um, uh, PGA instruction guys I uh, caddies I've had on I don't know I just kind of go in a little bit of different directions because I believe everyone has something good to say or something worthwhile of hearing and episodes aren't super long too so that's another thing I wanted to focus on is it's hard to keep people's attention span for more than 30 minutes so I really just keep them down to that size and it's helped me grow with my speaking and my conversation and 
it's so fun and I'm excited. I'm not going to tell you too much, but I'm kind of doing a different project for myself that I'll be releasing in the next couple of weeks. So I Wait, don't know. I'm you're just not going to tell us? I'm thinking of new ways. <laughs> what? You're not going to tell us? Come on. You can't lead us on like that. Uh, no, I want to solidify <laughs> my ideas a little bit more. Uh, that's, but, um, that's fair. It's just I had I was supposed to work at the U.S. Open at Winged Foot this um summer and then that got canceled and then the whole a lot of internships were canceling and I was just in a place of uncertainty and what do I do so what better way to get more you know experiences do something of your own and create your brand and um, you know figure out what direction you want to really go in so that's kind of what I'm doing well, and the power behind it, too, I think, is that we always tell people and advise people to do informational interviews, you know, like go talk to somebody in the industry that you want to be someday and learn about their role and learn about what they're doing. And essentially, you're doing that week in and week out. You're talking to people in the industry. You're building your network. You're getting more relationships in that way. You're learning about their world a little bit and sharing that with a larger audience. So it works almost like a, a tool in many ways for you. You're, you're refining your skills in the broadcast media. At the same time, you're learning about different aspects of the world that you love in golf so it's a pretty powerful experience i would think yeah exactly i learned so much from each episode and just different people's personalities and how they tell jokes like i don't know i'm just kind of when you really start to listen and play things back you really learn um everyone's different way of communicating so it's been really interesting yeah, it sure is. I, I One of my mentors in the industry used to say to me all the time, to, you have to work on changing it from being an interview to being a conversation because conversations are real and interviews are scripted. And so it sounds like you're already grasping that and understanding that the more you can be in the conversation, the more natural the experience is. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with that. So you're on track to graduate in 2022, I think, if, uh, if my math is correct. So uh, it obviously depends on what, what happens with higher education in the coming years. Um, what, are your big, yeah. what are your big goals? What do you, where do you see yourself? What do you want to do? Uh, you're approaching the sports industry in a, in a different way. You're a student athlete. You've got all these things going for you. But what is the what is I mean, you have your podcast going. What's kind of the future look like? What do you want to head into? As of right now, I really would love to do reporting for live golf tournaments. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing to get to travel to all these places. And while I'm young, I would love to do that after graduation. And, you know, opening up some conversations with some PGA Tour winners, LPGA Tour winners, um, you know, some of the smaller tours. I, I really think live tournaments would be a great fit for me. Well, considering how much you, how hard you're working now and all the different things that you're trying to accomplish, when you actually get out and get a full-time job, it'll probably be like vacation to you. It'll probably be so much easier than what you're doing right now. Why does everyone keep telling me that? Oh, is that for real? <laughs> I thought I was unique. Uh, everyone says that. They're like, you, you just go so fast. You know, it's funny. Having this whole pandemic has really, you know, taught me how fast I was constantly going. It's, you know, just boom, 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 like one thing after another every single day. And as much as I enjoy it, not going to lie, it's been kind of nice to yeah. unfold a little bit and, uh, you know, focus more a little bit on school, even though school is very challenging online. I thought it was going to be even easier, and I was very wrong. I don't know why professors think we have so much free time right now, but I'm still working at a local pizza place and 
trying to, you know, do my schoolwork on the assignments we already had on the syllabus, and now I don't need all these extra ones, but um, that's another ramp. Try homeschooling three kids under 12 years old and doing your full-time job and hosting a podcast. Do try, I, I think I'm on par with you now for as much as we're trying to accomplish each day. Yeah, uh, kudos to us. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Kudos to us. Avery, thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been super uh, informational, and I've learned a lot about you and your career, and I'm sure the advice that you're sharing will be really beneficial to everyone in our audience. So thanks for jumping on. Yes, it's been super fun. Thank you for having me on. Thank you to Avery for coming on the show. I w- really want to stress that Avery, again, she looks at her schedule and her challenges and figures out a solution. And that's one of the things I always try to preach on this show, preach, uh, is that you have to identify the problem and fix the problem. And as a student athlete, the problem is time a lot of th- a lot of the times. And she's made choices. She's made sacrifices. Maybe she doesn't go to as many parties, but she gets her work done and she follows her passion. She sees her career lined up for herself. And even when this epidemic pandemic strikes us and the world changes and flips upside down, she still says, there's more I can do right now to make myself better. I think that's a good attitude for everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Avery for coming on the show. Really enjoyed that conversation. Please rate and review the show wherever you listen. It really helps us remain high in the podcast rankings, which allows us to bring in new uh, audience members. And that's important because my ego can't handle it if we don't continue to grow. And it's all about me. No, I'm kidding. It's all about you guys. I want to bring you more information. I want to bring you more guests. I want to bring you, bring you, bring you. So uh, the more you rate and review, the more that helps me deliver the goods. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there.